0: Who Dat, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Who Dat Dish podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. It is the first day of May 2019. 2019 is already just trucking through, it is flying by. Of course, the NFL Draft has concluded, and our beloved New Orleans Saints ended up with five draft picks and a whole bunch of undrafted free agent signings, which we will break down all of them for you on today's episode. If you end up enjoying it, please be sure to rate us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at The WDD Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dayton Brown. Thank you again for joining in. You can follow myself on Twitter at Dayton underscore Brown underscore. Uh, and, and and again, very excited to be recording this episode along with my longtime since day one co-host, who actually is celebrating his 22nd birthday today. You can follow him on Twitter at Raymond Tyler M. Tyler Raymond, what is going on, man? First off, happy birthday! How are you? You feel any older today? <laughs>
1: uh, not really. Uh, it's funny. I wrote this all over my social media. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. Um, it, it's super Swift. cheesy. It's yeah, Taylor Swift. Um, but uh, I don't really feel any older. Uh, Good. Just uh, blessed for another year. That's all I could say, man. Yes, I'm sir. blessed to talk about uh, the podcast. You know, all the great stuff we've got to talk about every single prospect. So yeah, I'm
0: happy, man. Me too. Me too. Obviously, yeah, I'm I'm very blessed to see uh, you see another year as well. That's awesome. But I, I, and I know during the draft as well, you were super pumped as everything was going on because the Saints traded up twice. Uh, yeah, once wants, wants to now. go up in or, or move up further in the second round. Wants to move up into the uh, fourth round or, or further in the fourth round. So that was absolutely crazy. Um, ha, I mean, but before we actually get into the picks, what was your reaction overall to to the Saints draft? Did you like how aggressive they were? Obviously, and and Mickey Loomis said that they got three guys out of their Mm -hmm. top 70 even though they only had one pick in the top 70 to begin with in the draft uh did you like how aggressive they were on draft day they they really only sacrificed draft capital a second round pick for next year other than that everything was kind of 2019 draft trades being moved um uh, what what, did did you like how aggressive they were i i i thoroughly enjoyed it because if you need a guy go get your guy you know how Mm -hmm. do you like that
1: yeah for sure um I find it funny you mentioned that, you know, three picks uh, on their board of the top 70. When people were like, oh, they only had like one pick in the top 150 or whatever, and just goes to show you that when the Saints are trying to get Drew Brees another Super Bowl, uh, they're playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers. But I loved it though. Um, when when uh the picks were counting down, and when I think like we we're like maybe like 45, 46 uh, at that pick. I was looking at all the prospects available and actually pretty much had it narrowed down on my board who who I figured they were going to go. I was thinking either because Irv Smith uh, Jr. was still available. I was looking at all the offensive line. I was like, well, Eric McCoy is still available. And I was looking at some of the wide receivers. But, um, yeah, I'm really happy, though. I think the Saints, just like their football team. The Saints are always always make very good decisions when they decide to be very aggressive. So mm-hmm. whether that be the draft or their offense or defense, I loved it. I think they did a really good job, 100%. despite what other analysts think.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree as well. And especially with Mickey Loomis, Jeff Ireland, Sean Payton being in that a war room for the Saints, being in that draft room, they know that they've been around far long enough to understand who they like. And, and when to go get them, and, and I trust mm-hmm. what they do 100%. Um, and, yeah, that's funny. Irv Smith Jr. went two picks after McCoy. A.J. Brown went three picks after. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside went fifty-seven nine picks after that. So uh, Paris Campbell went right after uh, – he actually went 59th overall. So, <coughs> excuse me, a lot of guys that we really liked um, there went – uh, right after McCoy, we'll right around McCoy. Greedy Williams went two picks before we got McCoy. Elchton Jenkins went to the Packers at forty four. Another really, really yeah. good center prospect there. Um I think overall for the draft, the most misjudged or or I, I should say just just misranked uh position, I actually think there's two. I think it was wide receiver, uh, uh and 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 by pre-draft rankings, I mean, by other analysts, um, not not exactly NFL teams, but analysts and fans who who figured guys would go uh, in certain areas, didn't end up actually, and that's linebacker and wide receiver. A lot of linebackers who, and and, and Tyler and I did, uh, my, myself and at Hale TDs, uh, Hayden, who you can follow on Twitter, um, him and I put together a last-minute um, 2019 NFL mock draft. Tyler was a part of it. A whole lot of people were a part of it, and it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. A lot of these linebackers you see going in the second, third rounds either went undrafted in our mock or went sixth and seventh round. Uh, So we misjudged linebackers. A lot of these wide receivers we took in the third or fourth round or even second ended up going undrafted. It was, it was, it was very odd to see other than that. I feel like everything else other than offensive line, which is just always a jumbled bag. um, Mm -hmm. All all of the other positions seem to fit the bill in terms of all of the pre-draft rankings. Um, But yeah, wide receiver and, and linebacker were just very, very weird. And those were two kind of, uh, line Linebacker, not so much, but wide receiver is definitely a need for the Saints. They ended up not going wide receiver at all, uh, so that in- mm-hmm. in- interested me, but I think that that speaks volume as to how other teams are ranking uh, you know, certain positions and how outside people do, and then when it comes time to actually draft, that's when we actually understand team draft boards. But without further ado, let's just jump into it. Um, we're going to break down all of the Saints selections, their trades, their undrafted free agent signings what we liked, what we didn't like, and how we would overall grade it. Uh, So let's uh, start with, obviously, the first pick that the Saints had. Originally, they were stuck with pick 62, which was the third-to-last pick in the second round. But since they saw Eric McCoy sitting there, and they knew that the Colts loved to go some interior offensive line, Saints decided to jump the Colts uh, and trade their number 62 overall pick, their 202nd overall pick for this year, and a 2020 second-round pick, To the Miami Dolphins for picks 48 and 116. Funny enough as well um, is uh, pick 62, the uh, Dolphins actually used to trade for Josh Rosen. And pick 62 ended (laughs) up turning into Andy Isabella for the Arizona Cardinals, and Andy Isabella was a wide receiver. A lot of Saints fans wouldn't have minded seeing the Saints go at 62 or even further down the line, but he ends up going tail end of the second round, uh, right around where people thought that he would. So I thought that was very interesting. But, of course, with that uh, 48th overall pick, the Saints decide to go with Eric McCoy, center out of Texas A&M. Him, again, him and Elchton Jenkins um, and Garrett Bradbury uh, were the three top center uh, utility type offensive line prospects in this draft. Um Eric McCoy is six foot four, three hundred and three pounds, uh, thirty-three inch arms, and his hands were almost ten inches, which is absolutely crazy. He has a six point zero one um uh grade on NFL.com, which essentially means that he should become an instant starter, which is great. He ran a 4.89 40 yard dash, twenty-nine bench rims, which is awesome, thirty-one inch vertical, which is great for a six foot four offensive lineman. 107-inch broad jump, uh, and a 4.62 20-yard shuttle, which is also great because obviously you want the 20-yard shuttle to be a little bit less than your 40-yard dash, and he was 0.2 seconds under that. So that was great. Mm-hmm. Um, he was also a captain in 2018, started all 13 games, um, and the Texas A&M offensive line was so good with McCoy there, uh, their nickname were, were the Maroon Goons. They, they just absolutely tossed dudes around, and they protected mm-hmm. their quarterback very, very well. Um, so, Tyler, I know that you like this pick. Yeah. What about McCoy do you like the most, and especially with the loss of Max Unger? And by loss, obviously, he, he did retire, so it is kind of a, a happy ending overall for Unger. He didn't have to—he wasn't forced out of retirement. He wasn't cut or anything. Um, he he went on his own way. So the Saints were kind of forced to make this—to um, make a sort of pick like this. They end up getting one of the best center prospects in the draft. What do you like about McCoy um, and, and, and any, any interesting tidbits? Uh, and, yeah, he definitely mm-hmm. has a chance to start right away.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. Well, first off, I gotta say, I love what they did and how aggressive they were to get that pick. Uh, I was watching the the live press conference on YouTube. I follow the Saints on YouTube, and um, Mickey Lewis was saying, Yeah, if they never made that pick, be, because they were you, know, they called a bunch of different teams to see, like, how much, it would, uh, you know, hypothetically speaking, how much would it cost to move up to here? How much it would cost to move up from there? Sure, they gave up next year's second but in the process, they not only moved up to 48, they got that fourth-round pick back. And Mickey right. Loomis was saying, if they if they never made that trade, uh, because, you know, other players fell. Uh, we'll talk about the, the next draft uh, pick the Saints got in a minute, but they would have never to have uh, had opportunity. Or if they did, they would have had to give uh, given up a lot more to get to that spot versus what they already had. So I, I love the pick. Um, about McCoy, though, it's funny, you know, like we never we never really thought about going into the draft because we signed Easton, you know, uh, the guard center from Minnesota. We thought center was fine, you know, and then leave it leave it to the Saints to uh, think uh, leave it to the Saints to uh, to make, you know, what, like, you know about the team and then have them throw that right out the window. Everybody, including myself, I'm sure you agreed thought that, oh, the Saints are going to be fine at offensive line. Easton can play center. You still have Pete for this year at guard. Well, they threw that out the window. Now we have a plug-and-play player at Eric McCoy against him, where I love about him in a second. But then uh, let's say something doesn't work out with him, you know, and uh, he doesn't uh, – let's say he needs to compete for the starting job because he doesn't get it right away. You know, you have him and Easton competing. Let's say Eric McCoy gets a starting job. You throw Easton over to left guard. You can use Pete now as your sixth uh, offensive lineman. You can use him as a swing tackle. You can use him as depth at the Saints side. They want to keep around for longer because I know his, his draft hit, is, uh, uh, you know, his money hit is a bit big, uh, bigger than what they'd like. But I like it, you know. It, it just helps improve their offensive line even more. And when you have a 40-year-old quarterback at Drew Brees, the last thing you want to see is that man on the ground. So mm-hmm. about McCoy, though, um, he, he's a big dude. Uh, you mentioned it earlier. He ran a 4.89. The dude's really quick. He's really big, too. Actually, congrats to him. I've low-key kind of been stalking his Instagram ever uh, ever since uh, the Saints drafted him. And he just proposed to his longtime girlfriend, and now they are engaged. So congrats to him. That's awesome. Um. Yeah, uh, he's not as fast as Toronto Armstead, who ran like a 470-something. I think it was like a 472 uh, and, uh, for the 40-yard dash. But, dude, he, he's super big. He's got, he's got a bubble up, man. He, he's he got a, gr- a great agility, speed. He's super strong. He only allowed one sack his entire college career. And I think only like under 10 pressures. I, I, I can look up that stat later find more detail with that, but... The dude's great uh people were saying he has like high high character he was a leader like nobody ever thinks about it like the center like of all people would be like the leader of the offensive line i remember like an interview too he was talking about how like he loves communicating to the quarterback making sure nothing happens on defense that gets past him like the dude seems like a perfect fit for the saints man and i'm excited like we we've got uh, we've got a starter for the next ten years to back up Drew Brees and whoever takes the throne uh, for the quarterback position for the Saints. But I love it. Mm-hmm. Our offensive line is going to be even healthier, younger. It, it's perfect. I love it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and the center position is so so important for the Saints as well. You saw how, how how much of an improvement their offensive line made throughout the years with Max Unger there in the middle. They didn't have to worry about you know the leader of that line, and and that's exactly what McCoy is. He's a leader. He's vocal. Yeah. High football IQ. Thirty seven college starts at center. That's 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 more than uh, he's uh, awesome. Unless you start all four years at center, and and which usually a lot of those guys don't end up making it in the NFL. Uh, that's the only way you can really have more starts than McCoy did at center three your starter at Texas A&M. Uh, you just, just absolutely incredible. Uh, and again, he does have uh, the, the biggest concern is his arm length, but when you're inside, you, uh, that, that doesn't matter as much as you being an outside tackle. Um, and, and McCoy has yeah. been able to make it work, but we've, we've seen on tape, how well he's done against both guys like Dexter Lawrence uh, out of Clemson, who is now an NFL. Yeah. Uh, he was a first round pick. Quentin Williams, who was the third overall pick. McCoy handled his own against Quentin Williams. So we've seen how well he's done against NFL talent. We've seen him dominate uh, at the college level. Uh, so I'm very excited for this. I think that uh, that was a great pick. Um, he definitely wouldn't have slipped to the Saints at 62. So I'm glad they went up and moved and got him. Again, McCoy was rumored to be, you know, first round guy, early second. Mm-hmm. Um, but. The Falcons end up going, you know, Chris Lindstrom at 14th overall. You get Garrett Bradbury there. You get Caleb McCary at the end of the the, uh, first round as well. So a lot of offensive linemen that a lot of people didn't think would go first round actually ended up going there in the first round. So Mm -hmm. that left a lot of um, extra, so to speak, extra offensive linemen there in the second round. And the Saints took their guy. Um and and I like that I like it a lot I think McCoy and and I Me guess too. that's that's the question Will McCoy start right away I hope he does I think so Yeah I think I think so too Um but the thing is we're paying Nick Easton twenty four million dollars so and and, and 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 I say
1: bench Pete in my opinion you think so I, Easton at guard
0: might as well right you might might as well see well. how that works because we know what Pete can bring to the table might as well see what a combination with Easton and McCoy looks like Um because yeah I just don't like signing a guy to a new contract. This happened with Kurt Coleman. I don't really like signing a guy to a new contract where we're paying him, you know, anywhere over $5 million per year Yeah. to just kind of have him not do anything for us. Um, And we saw exactly yeah. what happened with Coleman. I mean, we signed him to, I think it was a three year, $18 million deal. He barely yeah. played for us at all. Special teams are regular and he, he gets cut after a season. Um, So I would like to see Easton play, although you definitely got to go with the best group of guys out there. So if Easton and Pete are better than McCoy and Easton or McCoy and Pete, go ahead and and try that out first. But I do think McCoy, if he doesn't start right away to begin the season, eventually he's going to get a a starting nod somewhere uh, in in his rookie Mm -hmm. season. And after that, I think that the, the keys to that offensive line will be handed over to him. Uh, after his rookie season, if he doesn't get them earlier, so yeah, I think Tyler and I definitely in so I think most of Who Nation, even though offensive line pick is not very sexy or flashy or anything, I think most of Saints fans are in agreement with us that that was a great pick for the That's future, for pick. now. Uh, and 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 we mentioned, and Sean Payton had mentioned it, you know, about interior offensive line being an area concern for the Saints way back in February, and and they're obviously capitalizing on their uh, needs and whatnot. So I, I really enjoy the pick. I really, really like this next pick. Okay, th- th- this oh, was crazy. I love it, too. I wasn't thinking the Saints were going to trade up again, especially not as soon as that. I <laughs> thought maybe they're going to trade back, get some more picks. Um, but the Saints ended up uh, – again, they started this whole uh, a draft with picks 62, 168, 177, 202, 231, and 244. Okay? So the Saints, of course, mm-hmm. have already traded 62 and 202, and they got 48 and 116. They end up flipping 116 and 168 to the Jets for pick 105. I thought that that was great. I mean, anytime you can just give up two draft picks for one uh, in the same draft, I think that that's great. So they were they moved up nine spots and only gave up, you know, uh, the, the 168, which was their earlier of the of the sixth round, which is okay with me. That That's fine. Or excuse me, that's the later of the fifth, which is okay with me. So at pick 105, round four, pick 105. I cannot believe this dude was here chauncey gardner johnson the saints end up picking his safety out of florida he was the number one safety on my board i wouldn't be surprised if he was the number one safety on the on the saints board too but Char- chauncey gardner johnson safety out of florida he's also rumored to just pretty much be put into a slot cornerback position for the saints which is great 5 foot 11 210 pounds junior um he ran a 4.48 40-yard dash, which is fantastic. 17 bench reps, 36 vertical jump, 36-inch vertical jump, 117-inch broad jump, 4.220-yard uh, shuttle, which is fantastic again. Um, and he is also a, uh, a high-profile starter for the Florida Gators. Who down there in Gainesville, they had a, a pretty impressive defense when he was manning the. Either the box, or and and again, he's one of the most versatile safety prospects, which is why I had him ranked number one. He can play strong safety, he can play free safety, he can play in the box, Mm -hmm. he can play slot cornerback, he can uh, cover a tight end, a slot wide receiver. They're number two, they're number one wide receiver. Typically, he's been guarding the slot, which is why, obviously, the Saints are looking to move him into the slot, but... I loved this pick. I don't know how he fell to the fourth round. I don't know how a lot of these draft picks ended up falling as far as they did, especially wide receivers. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is sitting there at the picking for the Saints, and again, another guy in their top 70. He ends up falling all the way to 105. So, Tyler, again, I know that you love this Mm -hmm. pick. What about CGJ? do you love the most? What can he bring to the table? Because, again, Vaughn Bell is there. Marcus Williams mm-hmm. is there. Um, the Saints obviously re-signed Chris Banjo this offseason. Uh, a lot of secondary guys. You and I have been talking about who's going to be the odd men out and whatnot when it's all said and done. But Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, what do you like about him? What do you like about yep. the fit with the team? And, and, and overall, um, what is his role going to be for the Saints, mm-hmm. do you think?
1: Okay. So let me tell this funny story first. So, of course – me again you know don't believe anything when it comes when it comes to the New Orleans Saints because whatever you think just throw that out the window when it comes to the draft especially the draft so me being hungry and being a very big guy I'm like hey I'm gonna go get me some Wendy's while I wait for the Saints to make the next pick because I think it's a time I forget when their their pick was in the fourth round I'm like I've got some time so I went to Wendy's and, you know, I, I, I went through the drive through and I, I was scrolling through Twitter, you know, because of course, me, the draft fanatic, um, I, I was waiting for them to pick. And then, lo and behold, refresh, saying straight up, I, I, I just grabbed my Coke from the dude in the drive through, nearly spilled my Coke all over me. Ooh. And my arm was already wet because it was really raining out and crap. But, um,. So, like, I'm freaking out. I think the dude, like, uh, in the drive-thru window thought I was having a seizure or something. I don't know. But I was freaking out. And I, I quickly, like, I was going to drive home. But I'm like, I can't drive home now. So I quickly grab all my food, start eating in the car, uh, pull over to this, uh, pull over, uh, into a parking lot. Because I'm like, dude, I have to see who they're trading in for now. And I was looking at the people. And they're like, oh, it has to be a wide receiver. Stand a wide receiver. They're going to trade up. They're going to get their guy. Uh. And I, I didn't even mention this earlier. Like, just further goes to show you, and how crazy this draft was. Mm-hmm. You had so many freaking people falling. Um, DK Metcalf fell all all the way down. So many people. Akeem Butler, dude. So many people fell. But I'm getting. I, I'm losing my train of thought. But um, so I'm freaking out. I'm looking at it, and uh, somebody posts CGJ, and like, like I just didn't connect two and two, and like a typing in all caps on twitter who the heck is cgj i mm. need to know and then they're like chauncey garner johnson i was looking at like dude he's still available and yeah. like he second round pick he was up there for me too i was freaking out man I, I love him uh so some stuff about him dude like if we if we had a perfect mold for like somebody in the secondary, just like to fit the Saints, it would be him. Mm-hmm. It, like he's got that ball hawking mentality. Like he knows he's better than you, and he's gonna prove it on the field too. He's got the swagger. Like I, I can already envision him. Um, I can already envision him ball hawking balls away and intercepting a uh, balls and going to run down with the Saints and pose. Man, I can already see it. Um, it's funny. Actually, I mentioned that. Um. On Instagram, I was stalking him a little bit, too. I, sorry, uh, players, if you're listening to me, but I, I, I stalk everybody now um, after they got drafted by the Saints. But um, So uh, they actually just announced, uh, he announced himself that uh, he's actually going to be wearing Deuce Deuce, uh, Mark Ingram's old number. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. He, he looks way better in 22 than he does in the 40s, just saying. But, um, dude, he, he is insane. He's big. He's athletic uh like he he's the perfect mold for our secondary because literally he could do it all he's only 511 but he's matched up against tight ends can you imagine if gronk was still in the league saints playing the patriots dude cgj would be all over him like i would love to see that but um not that we play them this year because we don't of course but um he's got great instincts uh he, like you said he plays a slot really well he uh he said it to an interview he plays all over the defense. I just, I love what he's able to do. I think he's got a really strong mentality of he knows what to do and he's going to do it really well. He's an immediate upgrade over everything that we have at our secondary. And you, you asked me this how is it going to impact our defense? Like, the best man, uh, the worst man out uh, mentality. Like, the Saints are in position now. It's not exactly the best thing in the world to have, but. It's a position we're going to have to look at going forward, and I'm sure we'll talk about it in a later date in a different podcast episode. The Saints have way too many talented or special or uh, players that can make an impact in some way, shape, or form on this defense. We have, like I think, like 12 or 13 defensive backs. All arguably have, uh all have an answer to arguably make the roster. So mm-hmm. the question is, do you trade somebody? Do you cut somebody? We'll have to see. But I, I love this, though. Like, uh, low-key low key safety was a need. Kind of, you know, people were kind of making the argument for it. Obviously, here, the Saints, they filled the need. They upgraded their defense. They've got a dude who can ball. Uh, dude, he was insane at Florida. And all these LSU fans are going to hate me because I'm kind of regretting saying this myself. But um, low-key, Florida is kind of DBU to be honest low-key i know lsu is too like florida has some really good talented playmakers and dude uh, chauncey Gardner johnson is definitely one of them i love him so much i cannot like i'm gonna be one of those first people to get me a t-shirt jersey with c uh, with cgj on the back of it with 22 i cannot wait to rock this man he's gonna be insane
0: yeah, I feel like the entire SEC is just DBU at this point. They're fantastic. For real. <laughs> pretty much fantastic defensive backs from almost every school there in that conference, including... Jonathan Abram, who went uh, 27th overall. He's out of Mississippi State, another SEC school. So, uh, you know, a lot of talent there down in the Southeastern Conference. But yeah, CGJ, I love it. He can play literally anywhere in the secondary, obviously, besides cornerback, but anywhere you, uh, besides outside cornerback, I should say. I think the Saints are going to throw him into the slot. That's what it sounds like. Maybe even being a backup to Patrick Robinson. Or a, I bet you CGJ has his own blitzing packages, has his own zone packages as well. Too. I would as well. And um, yeah, he can match up against tight ends, slot. R- slot receivers, um, and but he can also play the single high safety because he has the yep. speed, and uh, he's not an oversized guy either. I mean, he has pretty much your, your ideal perfect frame for a utility safety because he's going to need to be able to fly around the field which he does very well um but it's not like he's he's a tiny tiny guy doing that either he has the speed um to to match up with receivers and yeah exactly he has a a really really nice wingspan which helps him out there and yeah like you mentioned before his instincts ball hawking instincts are are just out of this world And i think that's part of the reason why the saints definitely went with him there so i love that pick might be my favorite pick overall um, from the Saints from this draft um, because after that the Saints don't make any more trades in the draft they they end up keeping picks 177 231 and 244 and with pick 177 I think I think this ended up confusing a lot of people until they really read into it and uh, yeah even though I still don't necessarily agree with it because well first off let me let me just pull up who was around that place real quick before I I introduce our next guy. So with pick 177. Because they
1: could have went other directions. Exactly.
0: They definitely could have. With pick 177 in the 2019 NFL draft, the New Orleans Saints picked Saquon Hampton, another safety, this guy out of Rutgers. Um, And and I say the only reason I say this guy is because I had not heard of him until the draft. I, I had done a lot, a lot of research on a lot of prospects. Saquon Hampton actually never really crossed my radar when I was going over, because I figured if the Saints are going to go safety, uh, they might as well go with, you know, kind of a mid-round guy, and there were a lot of really good safeties that were sitting around there in the mid-round. Saquon Hampton was not one of those guys. He was more so a seventh-round undrafted uh, prospect. But the more I read into it, the more I like it. So Saquon Hampton's safety, out of Rutgers, he is six foot one, 206 pounds, uh, so he's a big guy. He 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 definitely has the size of a lot of linebackers uh, in this league. Uh, so I like that. He also ran a 4.4840. So he is not like he's mm-hmm. a, he's a slow guy either. He definitely has the athleticism there, um, and he um, was a three-year. Actually sorry he was actually a four year player there uh, but he unfortunately had injuries in both 2016 and 2017 which kind of limited him overall uh, so there's not there's not as much tape on him as a lot of other uh, safeties here but that could end up benefiting the Saints finding a diamond in the rough when he's healthy he could definitely be a different guy because I feel like that's part of the reason why he he slipped but he was a team captain there uh, for the uh, Rutgers Scarlet Knights he also of course has that NFL size six foot one a very big guy 206 and uh, again like uh cgj hampton here is very versatile i feel like he's just going to be special teams at first but he's a versatile versatile guy you can put him in the box i mean he's essentially like kurt coleman essentially he's right 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 you Mm -hmm. can use him as like an outside linebacker nickel corner box safety any sort of combo like that so it's going to take a little bit it's going to take a little bit for the saints to actually whittle down what they want his position to be but tyler this is probably the most head scratching pick not 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 necessarily even bad at first when when we first saw it and again the more I read into it the more I like it. Um, but what are your thoughts surrounding the Saints going with Hampton there at one six one seventy seven after already selecting a safety earlier in the draft? Because actually, yeah, let's let, let me actually go over who was around there. So. Right after mm-hmm. uh, we picked Hampton, I mean, uh, Corey Ballantyne was still there. Uh, uh, Jaquan Johnson, another cornerback, was right there. Tra- Travion Williams out of Texas A&M was, th- was there. Um, let's see. Joseph David Long Jr., another linebacker, was there. Um, Armand Watts went uh, a little bit further down, D D-tackle out of Arkansas. Isaiah Bugs out of Alabama, there was... Ali Udo, uh, offensive tackle, but the Saints already kind of addressed that earlier. You had Xavier Crawford, uh, Tim Harris, so you know a couple of other secondary guys the Saints could have went with. Instead, they go Saquon Hampton, uh, big safety out of Rutgers. What would you think about that pick? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and how much were you scratching your head when it initially happened?
1: Dude, I was I was kind of just on like another level of euphoria at that at that point, whenever the Saints came up. Dude, they could have taken a punter, and I would be like, dude, we can film a quarterback. Like I, like, I was just, like, another level of euphoria at that point. Like, the Saints, like, I don't care what the Saints do. As long as they're winning games and getting good prospects, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm kind of, like, surprised, I, like, what you were saying there. They almost could have went linebacker, defensive lineman, wide receiver, you know, like, some of those positions. I'm kind of surprised they didn't. But some of the good stuff on Saquon Hampton, uh, what you were saying, you know, we can kind of throw him anywhere. At the very least, you know, if he provides anything other than than special teams, um, I can compete for a roster spot. I think he's somebody that, you know, arguably has a good shot of making the roster. It's going to be tough considering there are so many defensive backs now. Uh, Like I mentioned earlier, you know. Only the best are gonna make it, you know. And this gives the Saints a good excuse now, you know, to really keep the best players. Like, you don't really have an excuse now. Like, you guys get what I'm saying. Like, he's a yeah. good, talented player. Um, some of the quotes are, but um, uh, when he was interviewed about, you know, joining the Saints, he, you know, he was ecstatic. He said he would do whatever it takes to help his new team. Said it would be an honor and a blessing to play special teams among other positions for the Saints. So I know sometimes players um, in the NFL, obviously they make their big breaks on special teams. Otherwise, they'd most likely be cut. I can't tell you how many players right now probably wouldn't be on rosters right now if it weren't for special teams. But um, you know, uh, he's he's quick, he's agile. I think special teams. You know, if he if he doesn't make uh, if he doesn't immediately impact anywhere else on the defense, special teams. He said he'd be blessed to play. Like you know, he'd be absolutely comfortable, fine playing it. He's looking forward to it. I'm fine with seeing him there. Um, He said, yeah, he's prepared ultimately to do whatever it takes to help the Saints. So I like that mentality. I think it's kind of cool. You know, somebody, uh, you know, even drafted in the later rounds, you'd almost expect maybe they'd have a chip on their shoulder. Maybe they'd be upset that, you know, another team didn't pick them earlier. But he seems pretty, you know, excited to be on the team. I'm all for that. And also he played against Keith Kirkwood in high school. So, Look for that connection there. Mm-hmm. But, um, Very interesting. I like it, though. Yeah, uh, he He seems really grateful to make the team, so yeah. I like it.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, yeah, again, I think that he's probably going to be put on a special teams right away, which is fantastic. I mean, we need, we need all the special We have one of the best special teams units, maybe the best if you consider Morstead, Lutz, and then Hardy as the gunner. We get guys like Hampton and CGJ who can most likely contribute. you also have Chris Banjo there uh, uh, for special teams. But yep. Banjo's kind of moving his way up. Seems like he's just going to be oh, uh, yeah. a second-string safety guy instead of you know just being strictly special teams, which I like a lot. But another interesting fact on um, Hampton here. Uh, this is a tweet by John Sigler who writes uh, for the Saints Wire. Uh, 2015 Rutgers special teams coordinator Phil... Galeano starts rookie defensive back Saquon Hampton on special teams unit in 2016 uh, Galliano interned with the Dolphins special teams coordinator Darren Rizzi now flash or uh, fast forward to 2019 the Saints hired Darren Rizzi as their special teams coordinator from Miami and then he ended up hiring Galliano as special teams assistant mm-hmm. and then the Saints end up drafting Hampton there in the sixth so there's some connections there for for Hampton yeah. and the Saints there a little bit of familiarity that probably had to do with the influence of both Um, Hampton being picked there and him being in the top 70 of the Saints board. Uh, So, you know, or or because it was Hampton that was in the top 70, right? Yeah, it it was Hampton. Okay, because I wasn't sure if it was Mack or Hampton. It would make more sense if it was Hampton. Uh, Actually, it would make more sense if it was Mack in terms of uh, talent-wise or or target for the Saints, but in terms of who they actually went it makes sense that Hampton was in the top 70. Mm -hmm. So I like it overall. Again, I trust the front office there. If you want your guy, go get him. I completely trust it, even though, you know, we saw what happened with Cameron Moore last year. Six-round pick gets cut before he even plays it down for the Saints. Um, and there was another DB. I can't even remember his name right oh, now. Oh, what's his name? Mattrell
1: Jamerson. There
0: you go, Jamerson. And he ends up on the, yep. on the Colts and didn't, did not play a lick of down for the Saints either. Um, so hopefully that doesn't happen with Hampton because I love his physical uh, prowess and uh, how excited he is for, to play for the team. Is Speaking of who's excited to play for the team, the Saints – Pick at 231. I know you and I love this guy so much. Elise Mack, tight end out of Notre Dame. Now I had Mac going to the Saints in our final mock draft as well. I love this guy. Six foot four, 249 pounds, almost 34 inch arms. Um, He is another physical specimen. The Saints love to go after uh, guys who fit the bill for sure. They they don't really like risking undersized guys. Um, 4.7 40 yard dash, 22 bench reps. 36-inch vertical jump, 120-inch broad jump. I, t- I tell you what, that shows that he's going to be able to jump up and get those uh, uh get those 50-50 high-point balls. 4.3, 420-yard mm-hmm. shuttle, which is also fantastic. So, um, Elise Mack was playing in one of the worst overall offenses um, in the NCAA football yeah. uh, last year. A running offense, too. Okay, yeah, yeah, a heavy ru- running offense. Um, They almost pretty much ran a wing T, which with with how much they ran the ball. But he comes from Bishop Gorman, which is one of the top football uh, high schools in the entire nation out of Las Vegas. He had uh, and at the time while he was there, they had won six straight high school titles. Um, And then they Um. also won the quote unquote national championship as well while he was there. Um, He only started five games as a freshman, but he ended up getting 190 yards on 14.6 average. uh, And he played in 13 games. uh, So pretty much one catch per game. Um, and then he was the, the, the interesting thing about Mac, which is why I think he wasn't as high on a lot of boards because his, his raw talent as a pass catching tight end is there and you can see it on tape, but he was academically ineligible in 2016. So he did not play at all, but luckily he worked through the summer. And again, Notre Dame has one of the toughest academic, um, eligibilities for Mm. its athletes. So, uh, you know, you take that with a grain of salt. Uh, but he ended up working his way, and then he started six games as a junior. Nineteen catches for 166 yards. He had a touchdown, um, and then he started 12 games last season. Uh, he caught 36 passes for 360 yards and three touchdowns. So each year we saw him play, he got better. Again, there's that uh, 2016 non-existent season for him, which we could have saw a lot more out of him. But six foot four, he has the measurements of a top tight end in the league he's going to be able to jump up and get that ball he also has the seam speed you like out of tight ends his biggest weakness though is that he's not exactly the best route runner when you watch him on tape he only has so many routes that's mainly because again Notre Dame ran a very simplistic passing offense they mainly focused on the run so now that Mac is going to be in a system like the Saints he's probably going to start out as tight end number three okay he's going to be behind Cook he's going to be behind Josh Hill but he's going to be able to work his way up and he's most likely going to have his own packages with the Saints, most likely in the red zone because they're going to love to use Dude, his size. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I know Tyler, you love this pick as well. Elise Mac, mm-hmm. one of the one of the better known pass catching tight ends in this draft. What do you think of the pick overall? Uh, how do you like the fit? And and do you see Mac after this season w- once maybe Cook is either gone or you know obviously on the final mm-hmm. year of his contract? Uh, when do you see Mac starting? But but tell me about how much you how much you like this pick.
1: Okay, so first off, dude, like, I've got so much to say about, I don't know how to pronounce it right, Alize, or Elise, I, I'm so sorry if, if I butchered your name, but, um, so, of course, I like to stalk players now on their social media, of course, when you join the Saints, it just happens, um, I'm sure I'm not alone with that, but, um, so, he actually had his DMs open on Instagram, and I figured I'd message him, I doubt he'd respond, but, you never know, so, I, I messaged him, can't wait to see you ball bro, God has big things planned for you. All through faith, go grind and eat with the Saints. Hashtag who dat. He actually got back to me. He, he wrote, much love, dog. Go Saints with the uh, E-A-U-X. So, one, he's already captured my heart. Dude, yes, sir. You, you've already got it. So, but two, two uh, like I think, like, I, we get he's a bit raw. Uh, we understand that, uh, you know, he has potential. But uh, what better place would it be than a high-flying Saints offense that hasn't had that for years since mm-hmm. Jimmy Graham. Like, obviously, you're going to have it now with Jared Cook. We get that. But he's in his 30s. Well, uh, Jared uh, Cook is not the end of the future. Al- Alize back, Alize back, the, the ceiling, like, the sky is the ceiling for you, bro. Like, this dude is a physical monster freak. Mm-hmm. Like, like, well over six feet. The dude can ball. Like, uh, like, we keep on, it's almost like you have to put an asterisk when you're looking at it because of like like this is like putting um I traffic try to think of a good example this is like putting this is like putting uh Kobe Bryant uh, on a soccer team like they're not they're not known for it like sure like if if you move Kobe Bryant to uh basketball obviously like uh the dude's gonna ball like Alexi Mack, if if you put him on a team that utilizes their tight ends and utilizes, uh, you know, big body receivers who can make plays downfield and that can make plays in the red zone. The dude's gonna eat. Like the dude's mm. gonna eat with the Saints. Like, and people, people were shocked when Will Clapp made the Saints roster last year as a seventh round pick. Mm. Saints fans, when the when all the roster pr- projections comes out, uh, come out, uh, it's not really much of a, um, a shocker. But everybody has this dude making the team. Like, the dude's physical. All he has to do is, is be coached up a little bit. I easily, easily see him beating out Dan Arnold, the dude who's known for drop passes. And I'm sorry, Arnold. Mm-hmm. It's true. Should have made that catch against the Rams, man. Yep. Or else this stuff wouldn't be happening. He, he's easily going to be out Garrett Griffin, who his only pass he ever caught in the NFL, I think, or with the Saints was just a touchdown. But yep. this dude's like a freak. Like... Like, I'm just saying all of this. I'm not even going look at my notes. But, like, uh, he, he's yeah, he's comfortable in the slot. His round 3 isn't great. I read, too, that, like, his blocking can be better. But those things, they will teach him how to get better with. Yeah, 6'4", 250 was USA Today's All-USA First Team end coming out of high school in 2014. Really physical. Wasn't used the right way. Super, uh, super athletic. The dude is going to ball. Like, I, I cannot wait to see this guy. Like, I, 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 I thank my lucky stars. I hope and pray I get to meet this man. If, if I can get him on this podcast, I'm going to freak out. The dude is literally a monster. Like, I, I can already picture it right now. Literally just get him in a corner of the end zone. The dude's going to catch every single ball. Like, throw, throw a high point to him. The dude's going to eat. Like, I'm calling right now. Like, oh, my gosh, I love this pick so much. Mm-hmm. The seventh round, too, man.
0: Like, yeah.
1: the Saints got a gem, man. They got a real gem. Yeah. Like, I cannot beat.
0: I think so, too. And, and again, pretty much every single tight end in this draft, besides TJ Hawkinson, who was the first tight end taken off the board, and Trayvon Westcott of West Virginia who went to the Jets, I think, at 102, all of the other tight ends need to work on their blocking at the next level. No doubt about yeah. it. None, none of these other tight ends were really – uh stars when it comes to blocking so i'm not worried about that mac you can tell he's got a knack for the ball he's gonna be great receiving tight end and uh, the the saints and, and again tight end was another very interesting drew sample was the fourth tight end taken off the board uh, everybody knew the top three that were going was tj hawkinson noah fant and then um eric uh, smith jr who went 50th overall and then the next mm-hmm. tight end taken off the board, which a lot of people said, uh, really, it really could have been anybody. A lot of, uh, I know, Jay Sternberger was up there for a lot mm-hmm. of people. I yeah, know, that's Ivan what I Nautu, thought. Honestly. uh Kaylee Waring, it was Drew Sample out of Washington, very, very 52nd overall. Very, <coughs> excuse me, I thought that that was reach. Very interesting pick. But Josh Oliver goes 69th uh, to the Jaguars. Then you see Jay Sternberger go to the Packers. I like that pick a lot at 75. Um, you have Kaylee Warren going 86 to the Texans so I think uh, and then um, Dawson Knox going to the Bills at 96 I think was a steal overall for them when you look at how athletic he is Um, so I think overall other than Sample being taken so high the the tight end um, prospects in this draft went generally where people kind of thought they did but again after the the after Irv Smith Jr. the order was just kind of out of whack, so to speak. No, nobody can mm-hmm. really pinpoint it down. So, luckily, the Saints were, were "quote unquote" left over with Elise Mack because that's if you want to be left over with anybody, Mac is Mac is definitely a guy um, that's on the top of the list. Um, so yeah, wait. So yeah. far, they've they've addressed the loss of Max Unger. So far, they've addressed the you know potential loss of Von Bell uh next year because he's a free agent after this year and now they address the loss of that happened years ago when jimmy graham that the saints have never been able to figure out never
1: been the same since so mac is going to be able
0: to learn under jared cook now a little bit and then i think he'll be able to blossom into the future tight end uh for the saints josh hill too with
1: the blocking and of course
0: yeah and josh hill again he, he josh hill has his own plays as well it's not like uh, josh hill will just kind of be you know a sitting duck that just kind of blocks he he definitely gets out there and has his own screen games red zone packages so that's why i think mac will also have his own stuff um and to we'll round finish, out yeah yeah exactly and to round out the draft for the saints at pick 244 in round seven they go with again uh, uh the linebacker which is kind of all over the place so ranking them beforehand <laughs> just almost kind of meant nothing Caden ellis a linebacker who was, uh, I guess, you know, projected round six by a lot of guys, round seven. So I think the the value that the Saints got was pretty good. Um, Caden Ellis, linebacker out of Idaho, six foot two, two hundred thirty eight pounds. He was a senior coming out. He also has ten and a half inch hands. He has huge hands. Um, and he was actually the son of Luther Ellis, who was a first round pick back in '95 for the Lions, and he ended up playing ten years in the NFL. So he definitely has football in his family. Um, And he was the Utah's high school most valuable player in 2013 as a quarterback and defensive end. So he pretty much came into – he was just a a physical specimen, could do pretty much anything on the field, comes to Idaho and ends up balling out um, as a linebacker. Um, He was an honorable mention all-sun belt pick in 2016 after intercepting five passes, which led all FBS linebackers. He had 65 tackles. And last season, he was a first-team pick – uh, for the uh, uh, Sun Belt Conference. He led the team with uh, 16 tackles for a loss and 7 sacks, total 60 tackles, 3 pass breakups, uh, and he also played a little bit of offense. He had 3 catches for 20 yards. Um, so this guy is a very interesting prospect to me. I, I watched only a little bit of tape of him before the draft. Um, you can definitely see that he can uh, fly around, and again, the best word I can use for him is intriguing, because you, he's another versatile plug-and-play type guy. Um, he can be a... Sam guy, which I think is what the Saints are going to try to have him do, be back up to A.J. Klein there. But he Mm -hmm. also can be an outside linebacker just because of how good he is at not not necessarily rushing the quarterback but setting the edge, helping some run support there on the outside. Um, So I like this because now you put him into camp and you really see what he's going to be able to do well at the next level in the NFL. And the Saints could use him either on the edge. They could use him um, as a Sam linebacker. Either way, he's going to be a very, very nice depth pickup if he ends up making the roster. Mm-hmm. But what did you think of this uh, this pick here, mm-hmm. Tyler? Again, once you get later yeah. on into the round, especially seventh round, tail end with only – this was, I think, the 20th to last pick, so you're getting towards the end. Um, mm-hmm. You kind of just have to go with essentially like a BPA type guy at the end, but even then a BPA isn't exactly, you know, best so to speak, uh, available because the the margin between these guys towards that point of the draft is just so razor thin. What would you think of this pick? I like that they went linebacker. Would have loved to go wide receiver because there were a lot of wide receivers who ended up going mm-hmm. undrafted. Uh, what What do you think of this pick overall?
1: <laughs> it's funny. I, honest to God, when uh, when the pick happened, I was like, "Wait, who's this guy?" Yeah. And I looked into him. And I I just burst out laughing. I'm like, of course, leave it to the New Orleans Saints. The team that started, and and now, unfortunately, is going to be copied by everybody. The team that started the Taysom Hill Project, literally throw a guy in Mm. anywhere, apparently, and it still manages to work out. They got a, a linebacker who could play defensive end, tight end, and quarterback. Like, in the seventh round, like, how does this happen? Like, leave it to the Saints to find a way to make this all happen like i I just don't understand like i wrote down my notes like the dude's crazy and like um i was really into him a bit and i guess in the interviews uh when they got drafted before the saints were talking like yeah if you if you go to our team like we want you to play everything so literally he's just a defensive version of Taysom hill and Mm -hmm. i I love it like um yeah like i said he you know he's excellent body actually wrong guy yeah um He's versatile, like he played everything throughout his career. Athletic, plays all over the ball. Like it, it's funny, I was thinking about it because of right now the Saints low key kind of almost have some gaps. They're they're looking for a backup edge rusher, of course, behind Marcus Sabathia. I was reading, you know, about Keenan Ellis a little bit, and they're like in the right system, he can he can almost play like an outside linebacker. And when, when that came to me, of course, you know. I'm not the best at making connections, but I was almost thinking about maybe if this guy is almost like a raw, undersized, but more quick, almost like a junior glut a little bit. Maybe Mm -hmm. somebody, the Saints could almost, you know, like throw on the outside, see if he can get quick enough around the, you know, around the bend, around the edge. Maybe it's making an impact there. Maybe, you know, maybe he could – be a backup linebacker like Vince Beagle and Craig Robertson. Maybe he can make impact on special teams, considering how quick he is. Heck, who knows? Maybe we'll even freaking see Taysom Hill to Caden Ellis touchdowns, or Caden Ellis to Michael Thomas touchdowns. You don't even know. It's the New Orleans freaking Saints. Like, anything you expected going into the season, crumple it up and, and throw it in the trash can, because the Saints just took a linebacker who could literally play tight end quarterback and all these freaking things, like it blows my mind, and I don't even know what's happening anymore. Like, oh my gosh, all I know is the Saints better make the Super Bowl. Like, yeah, oh my gosh, it's insane, man. And like, I, I hope this guy gets put everywhere. Me too. I hope, I hope they make special quarterback packages. I hope, I hope they put him in a tight end. I hope they do everything with this man. Like, the Saints love getting the most bang for their buck, and it seems like. They're playing chess, like I said earlier, with the rest of the NFL is playing checkers. We draft, in the seventh round, a dude who can barely play, like, four positions. It boggles my mind. It really does. And then I can't even wait in a minute. We're going to be talking about UDFAs, and that blows my mind, too. But- yeah. Dude, we're lucky we've had a great team. This yeah. team is something special. Yeah. I'll tell you what—that's
0: for sure. And I really <laughs> w- no—I don't think a lot of people were expecting Taysom Hill to do what he's been doing for the Saints in terms of being converted to a whole new position, where he essentially is—you know—a read option quarterback who can also just run the ball whenever he really wants to. Very interesting. Uh, and yeah, Ellis could be that. So so expect that to at least be expected unexpected <laughs> well at this point no it's not the unexpected right because that that, that was the case with with Taysom Hill oh, but here with too, Ellis yeah. it seems Expecting like I don't it, it seems like so if he ends up making it to the preseason roster definitely expect the Saints to to at least try to utilize that in some uh you know games that don't essentially matter just to test out what it is like okay. with Ellis um but yeah I think overall I like that pick they definitely could have gone wide receiver or edge rusher there. Uh, you you had Michael Dogby sitting there. Uh, you had Ken Webster a cornerback sitting there. You had Jordan Trailford of too. out of Oklahoma State. Yeah, and a bunch of receivers that ended up going undrafted, including Emmanuel Hall, who I think would have would have been a really uh, a good fit for the Saints. Uh, but yeah, let's go into the undrafted free agent. So those are the five picks for the Saints in the draft. I think overall, um, it was pre- actually before. No, no, I would do undrafted free agents, then, then we'll grade the draft. Uh, so here are the undrafted okay. free agents that the Saints ended up signing or inviting to minicamp. So Nick Moore, long snapper out of Georgia. Chase Hansen, linebacker out of Utah. I think that he has a better chance of making the, the roster than uh, Caden Ellis. Yeah, yeah, Chase Hansen because he was projected a, a fifth or sixth round guy. Deontay Harris, wide receiver, kick returner out of Assumption College. Ethan Green Greenage, offensive lineman out of Villanova. You had Devin Ozigbo running back out of Nebraska. Another guy who was projecting in the fifth or sixth round is the St. Scott. Jordan Wyatt, cornerback out of SMU. Carl Granderson, edge guy out of Wyoming, another high-profile name. Darnell Holland, running back out of Kennesaw State, excuse me. Then you had Low Jordan Humphrey, wide receiver out of Texas. Uh, Shy Tuttle, defensive lineman out of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Kenny Bigelow, no sackle out of West Virginia. Corbin Kofusi, edge out of BYU. Jake Powell, tight end out of Monmouth. Derek Kelly, offensive lineman out of Florida State. Um, And then these are the mini-camp invites. Cole Tracy, kicker out of LSU, he didn't get drafted. He was one of the best kickers uh, or one of the only top uh, prospect kickers in this draft. Ends up going undrafted. Saints give him a camp invite. You have A.J. Owlette, a running back out of Ohio. Ed Paris Jr., safety out of LSU. Two LSU guys, there you go. Reed Miller, safety out of Montana. Robbie Grimsley, safety out of North Dakota State. So that's three safeties, including the two that the Saints drafted coming into camp. Uh, Tank Terrell, defensive tackle out of UNC. Uh, Stacy Keeley, defensive end out of UAB. You had Kyle Kempt, quarterback out of Iowa. Troy Bacon, center out of Rocky Mountain College. Elijah Rodriguez, center out of Texas. And Matt Kaufman, offensive lineman out of Towson. So names that stand out to me for this, obviously, Low Jordan Humphrey. Uh, he was a high-profile Wide receiver for Texas, obviously, any sort of guys playing football down at the University of Texas are, are going to be notable players. Um, and I also mm-hmm. really like Carl Granderson, us picking him up undrafted. I wouldn't have – Um, um uh, and I, I shouldn't say wasted. I wouldn't have spent a draft pick on Granderson due to his past – um, sexual assault of uh, violations so, that yeah. he, he that he had. But this, you know, this was all the way back in I believe it was 2014 2015 when it happened. Um, so it's, it's been years since then in Wyoming. I gave him a second chance. Um, And Devin Ozigbo, like I mentioned, running back out of Nebraska, uh, he had a very, very high college PFF grade, one of the top eight, actually, um, of all the 2019 draft prospects. Somehow he went uh, undrafted and the Saints snagged him. So any of these names stand out to you? Uh, Any info on specifically Mm -hmm. any of these players? Uh, Any of them that you really, really like?
1: Oh, dude, I love so many of these guys, dude. Like I said... I'm on another level of euphoria talking about all this stuff with the Saints. So, uh, not even really a hot take. You heard it here first. Who That Dish podcast, at me when I'm right, at Raymond Tyler M. Um, the the running back battle for the third uh, position uh, but behind Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara, you heard it here first, hot take. It will not be Dwayne Washington because Devine Osigbo, uh, Darnell Holland, or uh, A.J. Owlette, if you had to ask me right now, I'd probably say Devine or Zigbo uh, will we'll probably win that job. Like This is going to be fun. I cannot wait to see in preseason, minicamp, I cannot wait to see uh, who gets that job. Because uh, similar to what happened with the secondary, best-case scenario here, Best running back wins it. I, I think Washington has a slight edge right now because of the already experience. You know he's an older vet, but Devine Zigbo, he's a bigger Mark Ingram. I think Mark Ingram's like five nine, five ten. With Zigbo, I think it's just over six feet, bit of a bigger body. I cannot wait to see him play. Like uh, you were right about that though. Um, he's got high PFF grades. Uh, I was just reading about him uh, here. Let's see. I'm actually on the thread right now about it here. Let's see. Uh yeah, right here. So, yeah, actually, he's just under six feet. He had an 82.7 overall grade in 2018 and ranked fourth among Big Ten money backs mm. and a 90 rushing grade overall, which ranked third. He had uh, 4.52 yards uh, after the carry per carry, ranked third in the Big Ten, and he ranked second uh, on the PFF's elusiveness scale among Big Ten backs. I cannot wait to see that. Dude, he's going to ball. Let's see. Some of these other guys. Oh, dude, my guy, like... I'm calling it here first. I shocked everybody when Will Clapp, the LSU man, made the roster last year. Uh, nobody expected it. This year, Will Jordan Humphrey is making the roster. I'm calling it. You heard it here first of the Who That This podcast. The dude, like I've seen tape on, the dude can ball. Like mm-hmm. this is the competition uh, our wide receiving core needed. Everybody was saying the Saints need to draft a wide receiver. They needed wide receiver they need to draft one because they picked this dude up. And literally, if he has the impact of the Michael Jordan, the dude who is he was actually named after, in basketball, if he has this kind of impact to our receiving core, it's going to be insane. I keep on saying that the Saints need to uh, bring somebody in for competition just so it lights a fire under everybody's butt. And they have the best receivers for Drew Brees going into hopefully his last year, possibly a Super Bowl year. This dude can ball. Like, uh, people are saying right now, of course, that um, his speed, it mainly is his biggest issue. But I've seen some of the tape. It's not that noticeable. Um, I actually watched one of his plays, Dayton, where um, uh, he actually caught uh, in the back corner of the end zone uh, against the corner. Uh, made a leaping catch uh, to give Texas the win. Last-second touchdown. The Duke ball. Huge frame. Decent hands. He's not, like, perfect in one specific thing. But he's pretty decent in a lot of things. Big frame, jumps really well, makes good, good possession catches. I think his route tree is eh, but uh, like I cannot wait to see him in camp. Some of the other people, um, don't be surprised if you see a defensive lineman like Shai Tuttle maybe make it as a backup right now, or some other people like Carl Granderson. Mm-hmm. I know it kind of throws people off with the um, the sexual assault uh, assault stuff, but we'll, we'll keep you updated if anything happens um some other people yeah kenny biglow uh i'm looking forward to seeing him uh i forget right now i think it's is it corbin kufasi is he the guy that's like six ten?
0: yeah he's six foot six foot eight yeah 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 or no i think he is six foot ten i think he is six foot ten yeah let me look it up i'm looking
1: forward to seeing him on the d-line um if he makes it anywhere far on this roster um jordan wyatt i'm looking forward to seeing him i think uh, you know like uh a sleeper guy, maybe somebody that can make an impact.
0: Yeah, Kufasi, uh, Kufasi is six foot ten.
1: Yeah, the dude's huge. Awesome. Holy yeah. crap! And dude, and I, I stood next to Marcus Davenport. I thought he was tall. Jeez. Yeah. Um, some of the other guys we brought in for um, uh, for workouts, Cole Tracy. Somebody actually made the comparison on um Twitter. I thought it was pretty funny. I forgot to mention it. I don't have your at handle, so sorry. I apologize. But um, how funny if we did it with Baltimore did with Justin Tucker and Will Lutz, you know, have have a solid kicker and bring up this other kicker. So that way if we either trade him for something or, you know what I mean? Like, it wouldn't surprise me to see, you know, a talented kicker like that with uh, Cole Tracy happen like that where it seems to have Will Lutz and another solid kicker right behind him. But um, I like the list, though. I, it wouldn't surprise me to see three or four people here uh, make the roster, you know, like I, I'm, I'm hoping for it. I really am. You know,
0: a hundred percent. Yeah, me too. And um, let's actually, yeah, yeah. I think you summarized all that up. And that actually brings <laughs> me into nice. when you're talking about wide receivers, that actually brings me into the draft grades. So Tyler and I are going to give her a draft grade. It's not going to be a letter grade. I, uh, however, and, I, and I'll go first. We're just gonna we're gonna mm-hmm. grade them either excellent, good, average, below average, or awful. So if I if I were to give the Saints a letter grade, I'd go B minus for this draft. And if I'm giving them a grade based off the scale we're doing, I'm gonna give them a good grade. The only reason it's not an A for me because I've been talking about how much I love this draft class by the Saints, and the reason it's not excellent to me on my scale is because why didn't we draft a wide receiver? Why did we have to double dip? At safety, why did we have to get a linebacker there at the at tail end of the seven? Why not? Because if you're going to sign two wide receivers uh, to compete for you in camp, uh, you know, he signed two undrafted free agent wide receivers, the second being Deontay Harris, why yep. didn't you they pick a, a guy train. like yeah. – why? Sorry, why didn't you pick a guy like Emmanuel Hall in the draft, a guy like maybe Preston Williams moving up to get him, or even a guy like Keyshawn Johnson out of uh, Fresno State, a guy I like a lot. Why didn't you? I wouldn't have minded them because, like you said, Tyler, you need competition in this camp. You're definitely going to get it with low Jordan Humphrey. You're going to get it with Deontay Thompson, especially because he can provide that kick return, special teams, um, uh, second layer for the team. But if if you're going to end up signing wide receivers, why not draft – one of the top, unless the Saints really did not have a lot of wide receivers in their top 200 board, that's the only way I can justify them not going with a a receiver in the draft. So that's why I give them a good, if I had to grade them on that scale, letter grade, I'd give them a a B minus a B, perhaps. Uh, I might be being too harsh on them not going wide receiver. But, uh, Tyler, if you had to grade them excellent, good, average, below average, or awful for the Mm -hmm. draft, uh, what are you going to give them?
1: It's tough because, like – I don't know, because I think it's a good, not great draft. Like, I, I think it's a very good draft. Now, it, it's not—obviously, it, it's very hard to get a draft where everything's perfect. Everybody falls. The Saints get every single player that they wanted. Every single player makes an immediate day-one impact. The Saints get five starters. Obviously, that's not, that's not what's happening here. The Saints, if they're lucky right now, will probably get two. Uh, two starters and a few special teams contributors— and possibly some UDFAs that make the roster. I agree with you. I think if I, had to, if I had to assume, it was probably because they didn't have any wide receivers on the board that were graded high enough. You know, And honestly, I think they might be right. Because if you look at it, there were so many wide receivers. Uh, I was talking to my buddy Dick Boyd on Twitter, and he was sending me long, long lists of wide receivers that didn't get picked up. That all went undrafted. And... You know, and maybe it was just that kind of thing where they went best player available. They went something where, you know, they 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 found confident in the wide receivers that they already had. You know, of course, it never hurts to bring somebody in for competition, but I, I think right now, I think if little Jordan Humphrey makes the roster, I, I think you can make an argument there that they could have drafted somebody higher to e- even elevate their game even more. Like, if their wide, receiver, wide receiving core is so so lacking right now where you have a UDFA come in that isn't perfect and comes in and, and makes an impact that moves up that depth chart and beats out somebody. I think you can make it uh, you can make an argument there that they should have uh, t- taken the time and addressed that need. You know, because if the Saints are willing to give up a second round pick next year who says they wouldn't have given up a third or fourth round pick too ne- from next year to, to move up and acquire another pick, you know? But, um... It was solid. If I had to like put a like an official letter grade to it, between A and B. Like, okay. it, you you get a solid offensive lineman. You know if Eric McCoy stays healthy. I mean he's never had injury problems to begin with. Um, you've got a great center. You've got a really good defensive back that will make an impact. and they'll probably kick somebody's butt to the curb. Unfortunately, uh, cough cough maybe P.J. Williams or Ken Crawley. We'll talk about that later. But um, uh, you have some guys I'm really hopeful for. Some UEFAs, some late round picks. It's a solid draft. The Saints did a very good job, and if all five of these picks make the make the team, I'm really happy because look at where we were last year, Dayton, where half the players didn't even make it because we were already so loaded. Like if the players make it this year, just goes to show you either a how we were in some depth spots or B how talented these players are to make, make an impact where they make the team. So yeah, I think they did really well. I'm, I'm proud of them.
0: Yeah. So. yeah. I I'd agree. Over. I think they did pretty well. Um, and so last segment of the episode, we're going to do rapid fire. We're going to go favorite pick, most excited to see biggest ceiling, coolest name. We're going to go, we can include all five draft picks and any of the undrafted free agents. The saints have since really they okay. only came away with five actual draft picks. So favorite pick, I'll go first. It's, uh, chauncey gardner johnson i think we got a first round talent there in the fourth versatile safety who whether or not von bell stays with the team after the season uh gardner johnson is gonna be a really important piece for the saints moving forward he's my favorite pick who's yours
1: oh huh. chauncey gardner johnson dude like the it. dude's gonna ball i think he's so gonna help
0: this, he's gonna
1: help elevate everything yeah
0: 100 yeah. uh most excited to see uh go, go ahead who, who are you most excited to see
1: um, I, I'm hoping Eric McCoy pancakes somebody, man. There That's go, what I'm most excited to see. How about um, you?
0: Uh, I'm actually most excited to see, um, Deontay Harris. Honestly, I'm excited to see what he can do. Watching the tape on this guy, he's a, obviously he's a, he's a small school guy, but I'm and and mm-hmm. he, whether or not he makes a team, I'm excited to see what he can do in the preseason, because he's, he's a very electrifying player. Um... And I didn't want to double dip and say Chauncey Gardner Johnson again for this one because <laughs> out of the draft picks. Here yeah, I'm most excited to, to see him play too. So um biggest ceiling, I think it's a toss-up between McCoy and Mac. I'm gonna go Mac only because uh with, with with McCoy, I think with an offensive line, uh you can yeah. only, you know, grade them so much as to there there's definitely a cap as to where you go, Oh, that's a really good offensive lineman. For Mac, I think he has the potential to be an All-Pro tight end to break records if he ends up molding well with this Saints offense. Mm. Um, so I think I think Mac perhaps has the biggest ceiling. Uh, uh, who would you say?
1: For sure, Mac Notre yeah. Dame. Listen to me, you didn't use him right. That's your not at fault. All. We're gonna use him right and treat him like the tight end you never did. Yep. So
0: exactly, exactly, one hundred percent. And coolest name. Who you got for coolest name?
1: Uh easily it has to be Lil Jordan Humphrey, I, man. I, I you get you get named after the goat, like mm-hmm. a bat, like Michael Jordan. Like, is it, it? I forget the whole story. That's a cool story. Like, I really hope he makes the roster, so like we can hear cool stuff like that. So, how about you,
0: Troy? Uh, yeah, Little Jordan Humphrey is my pick. Troy Bacon is a close second for me. Um, obviously just because <laughs> cool. of, of Bacon. Um, but yeah, yeah no, <laughs> I um I think it was a great draft for the Saints. I'm excited to see what these guys and again. Since there's only so many open roster spots, I think going with five draft picks is almost the perfect number. Six would have been okay. Four would have been okay. Yeah. Five is right in the middle, and I and I think that's just about perfect. So I'm glad the Saints ended up making some moves and, and not giving up a whole lot of future draft capital to move up. So all we're missing for next year's draft right now is a second-round pick and a seventh-round pick. Um, not so, too bad. Yeah, they're not bad at all. Uh, but that is all the time we have for today's episode. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in today uh i'm gonna pass it off the mm-hmm. title for the outro but of course be thanks, sure man. to subscribe to and rate us on itunes
1: yeah uh oh shout out goes to chris layton defensive lineman from syracuse my boy got drafted yes getting to go with the new york giants staying in new york let's go dude it's awesome uh and nfl teams please sign eric dungy thank you um <laughs> uh, but yeah guys uh thanks so much for tuning in to this awesome episode of the who had this podcast make sure you uh Turn all the notifications on. Uh, keep your eyes peeled because uh, Day and I have been talking, and we're really interested in getting. They may may not be the longest episodes out there, but uh, we're hoping to maybe produce more, maybe shorter content episodes throughout the week to give you guys updated things. You know, our thing, our, our thoughts, opinions, maybe on the roster, little things like that. So stay updated with us, and we will appreciate your love, feedback, and support. As far as uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at the WDD Podcast. Uh, Charlie Pollock, our main third guy. I couldn't make it, but follow him at St. Charlie. Dayton Brown, my lovely guy on the other side of the mic over there, man. You can follow him at Dayton underscore Brown underscore. You can follow myself at Raymond Tyler M. Wish me happy birthday. I will thank you greatly. Um, make sure to check us out everywhere. You just search up Spreaker.com. Type in the Who That Tish Podcast. In the search bar, you'll find us there. And to search us on iPhones and all that good stuff on iTunes, just search up the who dat Dish Podcast. You'll find us there. So,
0: thanks again for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you very soon. And as always, Who Dat.
1: Who dat?